Good morning, and welcome back to Word Here and There. I am Carolyn, your host. Unfailing love. Many are the woes of the wicked, but the Lord's unfailing love surrounds a man who trusts in him. Psalms 32, verse 10. Unconditional love. Love that never fails. Now that's something you can sink your trust into. Perhaps you've had experience with human love. It can be strong, good, compelling, but not perfect. Sometimes people we love disappoint us. Sometimes they break our trust. But God's love is unfailing. When you trust Him, His love will surround you, and it never fails. Trusting God means being honest with Him, telling Him about your concerns, your fears, and your problems. You don't have to fear telling Him anything, because nothing you say will make him withdraw his love. His love is unfailing. It is constant. Trust it. Our inspirational story today is One Man and a Whole Lot of Somebodies. At the age of 16, Chuck Ambler went to work for a small drugstore chain. He took a job as a stock boy after school. While his friends were playing football and basketball, Chuck was stocking shelves. Chuck's father was a volunteer firefighter, and on one life-altering evening, he did not return home. Chuck's father had died at the age of 53. Over the next 33 years, the company, Rite Aid Pharmacy, grew into one of the largest drugstore chains in the United States. Chuck grew along with it. He advanced from stock boy to regional vice president. After doing almost every job involved in running a retail operation, Chuck buffed the floors, worked the cash register, cleaned the restrooms, and took out the trash. Chuck now runs a major East Coast region of the chain, which now consists of more than 200 stores and a few thousand employees. When Chuck enters a store, he makes a point to greet every employee by name, A hard-working and devoted manager, he leads by example and has earned the respect and loyalty of all his staff. One day Chuck asked me to help him write a letter to company headquarters. Chuck and I had worked together many years earlier, but I'd since left the company and Chuck was now my husband. I informed him that I had no idea how to write a professional business letter. After all, I was not a secretary. He explained that he didn't want a professional letter. He wanted me to tell Donna's story, and he would take it from there. Not a problem, I told him, since I had remained friends with Donna after I'd left the company. Donna and I had shared many slices of pizza in tears over the years. Our favorite pastime was a childlike game of Who's Worse. She's always insisted it was me, and I let her know she was out of her mind. I have multiple sclerosis. Donna has cancer. We always agreed to disagree and clink together our mugs of beer in a toast to us. Two disease-ridden women in our thirties hanging on to life with all our might and one another's friendship. Orange grease would drizzle down our chins as we devoured our pizza. On these days, we couldn't care less about the calories or grams. These were medically necessary mental health lunches. Donna had issues that were more pressing than if her jeans would fit tomorrow. My job was to make her laugh as best I could and to listen, 
often as Donna bargained with God. I just want to see Kendall graduate from eighth grade, she would choke out. Is that too much to ask, Beth? The cancer had first appeared five years earlier. Donna had been gazing out the window, watching her eight-year-old daughter, Kendall, playing. Smiling at the joyous sight, she had absentmindedly reached under her armpit and scratched an itch. She felt a hard, pea-sized lump, and her stomach did a belly flop. There was a time when Donna would have ignored it, but now she was a mother, and things were different. Many doctor visits and tests confirmed she had breast cancer. Donna was 38 when she lost her breast. A few weeks later, she was well enough to return to work. Over the next five years, the cancer would continually to re continue to return, randomly attacking different parts of her body. First, the tumors moved to her legs. She underwent more chemotherapy and grueling treatment. This time, she lost all her hair and wore a beret when she returned to work. Over pizza, we agreed she looked a little funny with no eyelashes, but not having to shave her legs was a bonus. And then we raised our beers together in our traditional toast. The tumor spread rapidly throughout Donna's legs and hips, and she was in a great deal of pain. She was hospitalized again, that time to insert steel rods into her legs for fear her bones would shatter. At the time, Donna was a store manager and had worked for many years for the company, for 20 exact. She had run out of sick days and vacation time. Her first spot with cancer had also used up the state short-term disability pay. She had no choice but to go back to work once she'd healed from the leg surgery. She needed her paycheck. Cancer weakened havoc on her on both her body and her bank account. Copays added up when your medical bills are in the tens of thousands. She was still not cancer-free when she returned to work. Donna was tough, but her resolve was weakening. Always in pain and exhausted, she would suck down Advil tablets as if they were M&Ms and go to work. The doctor had given her a prescription for oxycodone, a very strong pain medication, commonly prescribed for cancer, but she would have been unable to do her job while under the influence of such a strong painkiller. That was what I prompted Chuck to write the letter. In a scheduled visit to Donna's store that day, he had seen that she was weak and in excruciating pain. He was the one who had hired Donna 20 years earlier, and it broke his heart to see her in such agony. She is going to die if we don't get her home to heal and fight the cancer. She can't keep working, Chuck sighed. Somebody's got to do something. Can't the company make an exception and just pay her, I cried. We have gotten too big for that. It wouldn't be legal, but trust me, Beth, I am working on a solution. Just write the letter for me as Donna's friend. And so I did. I poured out my heart to a large, faceless corporation. I pleaded with them to help, to please do something. I appealed to them on behalf of Donna's eight-year-old daughter. I told them they could do nothing, of course, and just let her die. I'd learned from my mother how to use guilt. I had no shame. I begged and reasoned and k-holed and dared them to step up to the plate for their seriously ill 20-year employee. I gave the letter to Chuck. The next week, Chuck spoke with the corporate office. He asked the legal department and human resource office to review his plan. They agreed. Confirmed that the plan was legal and he got the approval he needed. Chuck emailed a revised copy of the letter to all of the managers in his region. He named the program 
the Send Donna Home campaign. To respect her privacy, he did not use her full name. Chuck told them that one of their fellow managers had cancer and she needed to take a leave of absence to get well and to get paid while she was home. His goal was to raise the payroll dollars needed to pay Donna's salary during her absence with vacation time donated from each of them. It was purely volunteer and anonymous. They could donate as little as one hour's vacation pay if they chose. He needed 1,800 vacation payroll hours. Word spread quickly. Some figured out who Donna was, but many did not. Hundreds of emails started pouring in, jamming Chuck's computer. Managers sent their love and hope to the unknown woman. Payroll dollars were donated faster than Chuck could have imagined. Some managers were donating full weeks of their hard-earned vacation time. Cashiers were giving up two to three days' pay, and every donor sent a personal note to the Donna with cancer. Most of them wrote that if more payroll vacation dollars were needed, they would gladly give more. Many said they would start a prayer vigil in their churches, their temples, their mosques, all for Donna. Within the week the news had spread to the New York region, they too wanted to help. Chuck thanked them but told them it wouldn't be necessary. By the end of the next week, Chuck's goal of raising one year's worth of payroll hours had doubled. The employees in Chuck's region had donated enough time to send Dano home for two years with pay and full medical benefits. Dana and Chuck met for lunch that week. He wanted to give her the news in person. She was stunned at first, and then the tears started to flow. He showed her the emails from people she didn't even know. She could not believe that so many people would help her and that her boss would do something so incredible for her. She wondered aloud how she would ever be able to thank Chuck and all those amazing people. Suddenly, a corporation was not a nameless, faceless entity. It was a community of caring people, each with a face, a heart, a name, and a little bit of time and love to share. Chuck smiled and said, Somebody had to do something. We needed to see your daughter grow up. I need you to get well and run the best darn pharmacy the chain has. You get well and show up for work. That is how you will thank all these somebodies. During the two-year period that Donna was at home, the cancer spread to her brain. She called me the day she got the news. I won, she said, into the phone. I was confused for a second. I have a brain tumor. I just won the Who is Worst contest. I was speechless. Are you there, Beth? I regained my composure and continued the conversation as best I could. Donna was right. She is the winner. In the next two years, she had brain surgery, radiation treatments, and chemotherapy. Last year, the cancer went into remission, and her doctors felt confident that Donna might have won the war. Chuck's eyes filled with tears when I told him that Donna is in remission. Donna has since returned to work as a manager of one of Chuck's stores. On Donna's first day back to work, Chuck sent everyone in his region an email announcing her return to health and to work, and again thanking them for their contributions. Once again, the responding emails clogged his computer as hundreds of people expressed how blessed they felt in helping Donna and thanking Chuck for the opportunity. Today, Donna is feeling great and is still cancer-free and hard at work. I told my husband Chuck how proud I am of him and that I am sure his father would have been too. He was the somebody who stepped forward and did something.
and who prompted a whole lot of other somebodies to do something too. This is Carolyn with Word Here and There. Take care of yourself.